Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt! Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. The Top 10 Greatest Inventions by Nikola Tesla. Number 10, The Tesla Coil. The Tesla coil was invented in 1891, and it uses two coils, a primary and a secondary. Each coil has its own capacitor, which is something that stores energy, like a battery. The coils are connected to a spark gap, which is just open air where the spark can generate. The result is that the Tesla coil can shoot lightning bolts, send electric currents through the body, and create electron winds. Tesla had developed it because he was obsessed with powering cities wirelessly. Today, the Tesla coil is mostly used for entertainment and can be seen in places like science centers, Some elements are, however, used in radios. Why the Tesla coil is important is because it helps engineers understand the nature of electricity better and how to use it. Number 9. The Magnifying Transmitter In the late 1890s, Tesla had become obsessed with transferring power without wires, and he thought that it was possible to do so at higher altitudes. After securing some funding, Tesla set up a lab in Colorado Springs in May 1899. There he built the largest and most powerful Tesla coil called the Magnifying Transmitter. The magnifying transmitter had three coils, and it was 52 feet in diameter. It generated millions of volts of electricity and shot lightning bolts that were 130 feet long. They were the biggest man-made lightning at the time. The problem was that Tesla was a bit too ambitious and ahead of his time. Wireless electricity wouldn't be developed until the mid-2010s, and as of 2015, it's not yet common in households. While this specific project did not pan out, the vision and scope are still quite impressive. The magnifying transmitter was the predecessor to Tesla's Wardenclyffe Tower that was supposed to provide free electricity and communications to the world. Tesla started working on the project in 1901, but after financial backers pulled out of the project, it fell apart, and in 1915, the site went into foreclosure. The project also ruined Tesla. He had to file for bankruptcy and had a nervous breakdown. Number 8. The Tesla Turbine In the early 20th century, the world saw the rise of the piston engine in automobiles. In an attempt to compete against the piston engine, Tesla developed his own turbine. It was bladeless and used smooth discs that spun in a chamber. How it worked was that fuel was combusted before entering the main chamber that contained the discs. 
The combustion would make the discs rotate, which ran the engine. When Tesla tested the engine in 1909, it got to 60% fuel efficiency, which is impressive considering that currently we only get 42% fuel-to-energy conversion rates. Yet, because of the nature of business, people saw more value in the piston engine because of fuel sales, and it became the norm that is still in use today. Number 6. Radio who exactly invented radio is a point of contention. What happened was that in 1895, Tesla was getting ready to transmit a radio signal 50 miles. Before he could do that, though, his lab burned down and it delayed the testing. Meanwhile, in England, an Italian man named Guglielmo Marconi was working on wireless telegraphy. Marconi was granted a patent in England in 1896 for its device. His system was much different than the one Tesla built. Marconi's only used two circuits and couldn't transmit over long distances, such as the Atlantic. Tesla's invention would use multiple circuits, which would make it much stronger. Tesla submitted his patent in 1897 in the United States, and it was granted in 1900. When Marconi submitted his radio patent in 1900 to the U.S. Patent Office, it was turned down because it was too similar to Tesla's. Undeterred, Marconi opened his own company called the Marconi Wireless Telegraph Company Limited, and it had powerful backers, including English aristocrats Andrew Carnegie and Tesla's rival, Thomas Edison. On the 12th of December 1901, while using a number of Tesla's patents, including a Tesla oscillator, Marconi was able to transmit a signal across the Atlantic. In 1904, without giving a clear reason, the patent office reversed their decision and said that Marconi's patent was valid, making him the inventor of the radio. Marconi won the Nobel Prize in 1911 and 1915. Tesla sued Marconi's corporation. The problem was, at that point in his life, Tesla was too poor to take on a major corporation. The case wasn't settled until a few months after Tesla's death in 1943, when the Supreme Court held up Tesla's patent. However, the reason for that is, during that time, Marconi was suing the United States government over patent infringements during World War I. By reverting the rights back to Tesla, they would avoid the lawsuit with Marconi. Hello out there, Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback, and we're immediately turtled back through time and space. Hey, sports fans, Peter Brock here from BRE Racing and Aerovault Trailers. Listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the best automobile show in the Southeast. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, CallStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our 400-plus shows coming up on our eighth-year anniversary, don't forget to check out our archive page. Good evening, Vaughn. How you doing? You are doing so well doing this show. I'm really, really proud of you. Big shout-out to Vaughn. How about that, buddy? Thank you, Robert. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. We have a guest sitting in with us today. We have uh, Alan's hanging out with us tonight. Alan, how you doing?
doing? Fine. This is the only place I have my theme music. You're the only place you have your theme music. I walk in the pipe store, nothing. <laughs> you get no respect. You're like Roddy Dangerfield. You know what? Vaughn, you're doing an yeah. excellent job. Excellent job. I am so proud of you. Man, you're doing <laughs> good. You're good. Thank you. Anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. We got Alan sitting in here because tonight is, and for some reason it's echoing in here a lot. Is that me or is, uh, I don't know what's going on. It sounds like there's. I'll shake my head. No shake echo your head. there. No yeah. echo. Okay. Well, anyway, um, yeah, it really does. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the headset. Are we adjusted just right? Let's see. Bobby's going. Uh, oh, sorry, I just got a text from Bobby. By the way, I want to wish my mother-in-law a happy birthday because today's May first and today is her birthday. I'm not going to disclose her age, but she's been the greatest mother-in-law than anybody could ever ask for. So this goes out to my my mother-in-law, Helen. You're wonderful. So I hope you're listening. At any rate. April was National Car Care Month, according to Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicle. It's not? Oh, wait a minute. Stop it. <laughs> Don't read. Okay, well, maybe, let's see. Well, if anything, it was... It's just the, a promo to keep your tires aired up. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. Alan. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, tonight we have a very special guest coming on who is a repeat offender. No, she's super. She's super. And it's the official... I don't know why we're doing this, but we've just talked about this for years, but it's... And if you caught the cue at the beginning of the show, we're 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 on a Tesla bashing kick, a rampage. Is yeah, a rampage. Yeah, but what really set me off here was when I was reading this article, and I don't know if you read the article about Ford Motor Company, what they plan on doing. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Okay, I, mean, well, I can do better than that. Yeah, really. You know, it's kind of like the last three or four. Now, I will. I had. I thought Jack Nasser was an okay president when he acquired. Jaguar, Land Rover, and he was trying to put some, you know, consolidate, kind of like what a lot of the other manufacturers were doing. Volkswagen back in the day, you know how they bought Rolls Royce and BMW bought Bentley or the other way around and Lamborghini, and they all kind of consolidated. Okay. So, and the cool thing about that is because now you have these major corporations that are kind of car companies that have the resources to continue the brand and the legacy associated with it. So, in other words, if they brought back Bugatti and Volkswagen owns Bugatti, you know, can you, now can you imagine that a VW emblem on your steering wheel on your Bugatti after you paid what a million dollars for a Veyron or two million dollars, right? Bugattis would, are made in France, aren't they? Um, the last one was nineteen fifty four. I think they're made. Well, yeah, the original Bugatti. Yeah, it's a Bugatti. You know, ever notice how some people go go Bugatti? Yeah. Where's the? Where it's like Buick, like Buick, Buick. Yeah. Buick. It's like, there's no I in Bugatti. There's an I in Buick. But anyway, I, so I got a book. You got a book. Okay. Uh, yeah, like the, the Austrian-made car slash motorcycle, Puch. It's P-U-C-H. Everybody goes Puck. It's not Puck. It's Puch. And, um, hey, but what do I know? I used to have one. Uh, I had a motorcycle. had a bicycle. had all that stuff. But at any rate, uh, so so let's just let's just go back to the Bugatti. The Bugatti. I don't know. Somehow that name. It sounds okay when you say it with an European you know, accent. I have, like, Bugatti. marinara, and it's really good. <laughs> Alan, I love having you on the show because I love your wit. Your wit's great. Um <laughs> But anyway, so let's just imagine that VW badge on that Bugatti, $2 million Bugatti steering wheel, or, you know, attached to a car. Yeah. And, uh, okay, I get it. But you know what? They took it. They took the name. They didn't prostitute it. You know, like when when Carroll Shelby tied in with, with that Chrysler in the 80s and they came out with or, those. I mean, that was like a flat slap in the face insult to Carroll Shelby with the the what was that thing called? A Horizon or no? Those GLHS goofy, or something. The, oh yeah. my god! Yeah, not not to mention uh, the Oldsmobile powered thing they built. Ooh! I mean, it's like okay. Well, at least that was fast. But they had a Shelby Rambler, you know. Huh? Just oh, a joke. A joke's a joke. Okay, okay, okay well, yeah. That, that one. Phew! 
over my head. Okay. So anyway, um, okay. So the 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 yeah the I mean wow that's pretty bad. Anyway, um, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in. Okay, count to ten. One, two, three. That's it. Okay, as far as I go. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I think that, okay, so when Nasser did that, that was okay. And I understand what happened, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, with uh, the bailouts or whatever that was, 2006, 2007, something like that. Ford declined that because Ford, when they had Mullally came in there, he unloaded Land Rover, Jaguar, Aston Martin, which I thought was kind of cool. But anyway, but if they would have retained at least some interest in it so they could have some input, throw some funding in it to perpetuate it, and at least there was some there was a lineage, legacy, you know, all that other good stuff. Okay. So Malali, who comes from Boeing, Boeing, you know, airlines, the one thing that he probably did, because you notice this from the 2012 and newer cars, the you see it with the Focus, you see it with the Fusion, you see it with the Escape, you see it with the Expedition, really, and then the uh, Explorer, okay, one of my favorites, and obviously the Ford truck, is the quality increased dramatically under Mulally. Well, obviously, if you're building airplanes, quality control is kind of like number one because yeah, that's it. Yeah, when you're at thirty five, forty thousand feet, and you're flying five, six hundred miles an hour. You really don't want any mishaps, and you need, right. quality is kind of an issue, right? Right. You can't pull over and open the hood. No, 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 no. You can't do that very well. Unfortunately, um, Southwest kind of proved that wrong here this past couple of weeks yeah. here when their when their uh, <laughs> engines yeah. grenaded. Yeah, but, one uh, turbine blade. That's all. It was. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's but all it uh, so I am never sitting next to a wing. I am sitting to the to the rear. Of course, on depends on the plane you're on. Uh, the engines in the back hanging off the back half of the well, no they don't do that too much anymore they're, most, no, they're, they're hanging on the, wings. on the wings now okay yeah. and you're more in the aviation than i am okay so i my text thing here's buzzing up i better read this here real quick just in case i say there uh thing. something anyway so all right so malali did that then fields came in fields kind of you know i guess he's kind of responsible for the new 2015 mustang and uh uh let's see what else the echo uh my mind okay. went dead. Anyway, the, the Mustang, 2015. And I thought I thought Mark Fields did a pretty good job. We actually tried to get him on the show. We talked to him. We, uh, we did a, kind of like a quick little interview. I met him over at uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was there. He actually was with Jay Leno when they were driving the F-150 on the stage that they were auctioning off. And so we thought we'd have it. Now they got this new guy. And I don't know where this guy comes from. They say he reads a million books. We have a different theory here about reading, okay? Right. You read, and I read, but you read a lot more. For- I read stuff that I'm interested in. About I'm in the car, so therefore, I'm not going to read uh, Home and Garden. Exactly, but you read to get information. Right. I attempt to learn in my little... It lo- exactly. We have brain cells that are unused. Might as well fill them up with something useful. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so just because somebody's got academics... And all this background doesn't necessarily mean, you know, and Mullally was an exception to the rule because he came from Boeing and he straightened out the corporate world of and brought some brought some stuff, you know, his background, his experience with with uh, building and developing and, and, and manufacturing from Boeing and applied it to Ford, which worked out very well. Fields is more of a businessman. Which is good. Now, this guy here, I don't know. This guy kind of reminds me of Chainsaw Al Dunlap, who was just a, a hack. In fact, his last name's Hackett. They might as well just call, say, you know, Hackett the Hatchet, you know, yeah. because now he just hatcheted some cars. We just elected Trump. So it's like, make America great again. So we're going to bring Ford Focuses made in China? Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Is there going to be a tariff on those when they come back here since they say Ford oh, on them? Made yeah, in China? Yeah, yeah. There's going to be yeah. a tariff? How yeah. about that? Okay. Because... Is a Ford or just make it here, then there's no tariff. It'd be cheaper. Oh, well, I can't wait to get uh, Lorna. All right, hey, okay, we're, yeah, we're yeah. running past our time. Let's go ahead and let's fire up that turntable, and we'll play some cool music here because this song's kind of appropriate. Yeah. 
woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in. See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep dark hole and then I followed it in. I watched myself crawling out as I was crawling. Lebowski, Jeff Bridges. Oh, because okay. he used this song in the movie. Oh, okay, some people got it. I didn't get Ryder that. I never saw that. the movie. Okay, I guess we'll go ahead and play a couple <laughs> commercials. <real> okay. <laughs> hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. 
I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Corolla telling you I love nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, we're back. And, uh, yeah, that was Adam Corolla. Okay. So, let's see. What do we got going on now? We're, we were just uh, tripping and stumbling and going on. We were on a rant a minute ago, weren't we? Yeah. We were going bowling with the dude. <laughs> I didn't get the Lebowski. I never saw that movie. But, uh, cool. I like Jeff Rogers. He's pretty cool. In fact, uh, he did a movie way back when, something about racing. And I know, racing cars. It was kind of like stock car kind of thing, a circle track thing. I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but he was in that one. Didn't and see that. You didn't see that one? Yeah. yeah I, was I saw the, him on an episode of Sea Hunt. <laughs> That's when his dad was. Yeah. His what, dad, was it, what was his dad's name? Mike Lloyd, something? Lloyd Bridges. No, no. But yeah, the, the character's name was Mike Nelson. Mike Nelson. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, you know, I used to live for that show. Yeah. But I also used to watch Popeye, too, and the Three Stooges. And uh, what else we had back in the day? You know, uh, the Warner Brothers, days. of course. Warner, yeah. Warner Brothers for the music. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And the humor we didn't get to when we were 40. Yep. Now, as far as car shows, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go to anything this weekend. Oh, yeah, take that back. I did do. Uh, I think Friday night there was a thing at Goobers and Lubers, which is uh, affectionately referred to as Steak and Shake or Quaker Steak, steak and, and something. Yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. Anyway, uh, there was supposed to be this uh, street racers reunion. At least that's what the text that I got. When I got there, there was this guy named Cletus McFar- McFarland. That's what he goes by. And he had this, it was called Cletus McFarland's pre race get together. And it was. I cannot believe how many cars showed up there. There was so many cars in that parking lot. There was no place for anybody to park. So uh, I rolled by the first time, walked around for a few, uh, uh, for about 30, 40 minutes, saw some. There was like nine guys that I knew. Everybody else was like tuner kids. Uh, and basically what it was was a big thing that was about LS Motors versus Mopars because on Saturday what they were doing was they were having this big drag race. And then Saturday night to end the race – what they did is they were having Drag Race Demolition Derby. So they were running four cars. I didn't get a chance to see this, but I'm going to go check this out one time. Four cars down the track at a time, and the objective is to take each other out. And the winner that gets to the far end first. Now, you're thinking, okay, they got two $300 cars, and they're slamming against each other, bouncing off the walls and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, when I went over and looked at some of the cars, which they allowed everybody to autograph, which I did too, um, they were like tricked out little tuner cars with giant intercoolers, twin turbo. So these were not slouch $200 cars. These were $50 cars with $3,000 motors in them. So machine engines in them, Alan. And it was just like, really? That's that's pretty crazy. But anyway, so here you got all these foreign cars rolling by you. And they're going, can you do that? Okay. No, you're Mel Blank. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're loping through the parking lot. They got LS motors on them. And I thought, wow, you know, I mean, those kids, you know, so here, it, this goes back to this one car show that my son and I went to. I was trying to figure out, you know, because there's this, there's this big giant gap between the old schoolers and the young, the up and coming kids. Here's where, here's how we bridge it. It's real simple. Those kids that take LS motors or Coyote motors and throw them into old butt junk beat up cars and run them and race them. 
and work on them and thrash on them and work on them. That's like us back in the day when we used to work on our junk that we used to put together out of junkyard motors. Problem was our junkyard motors cost 40, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. And the car was $5. And the car was $5, yeah. Today, the car's still five bucks, but the motors are four, five, six, seven, eight, nine grand. And it's all electronics, it's all state of the art stuff. So it's just mind blowing. Yeah, so, no carburetors. No, no, it's it's really crazy. But anyway, so uh, I talked to this Cletus guy, and his real, his first name's Jared, and, he, and he's the one. His big claim to fame is he bought the C5 or C6 Corvette that was crashed, tore the chassis off of it, runs it basically as a skeleton. It's got something like a thousand horsepower, twin turbo, blah 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 blah. Runs it at Sunshine, runs it at Bradenton. Now he's so famous, he's got millions of people that follow him, and Holly Performance. He goes, you know, you've heard of Holly Performance, and I'm Who going, hasn't? I have heard of Holly. When before it was called Holly Performance, it was it's called Harley, Harley Carburetors, right. right? Yeah, okay. He's, that's that's his big yeah. sponsor. So he's evidently out at uh, Las Vegas right now at the Las Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas Motor Speedway. They're doing some big event out there. So uh, he's big cheese. We're going to have him on the show. I invited him on the show, and he's going to kind of bring us up to speed as to what the up-and-coming kids are doing, the millennials, and how they're racing. So we need to kind of get in that They race on the computer, or they, on the phone. Uh, they race on the phone. Okay, yeah. so let's go ahead. Let's go uh, fire up another uh, song here real quick. And then we're going to play a clip, and then we're going to invite our special guest on for the evening. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Do not touch that dial. We will be right back. There's something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me i got to beware. I think it's time we stop. Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down What a field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they carry inside. Mostly say hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going Some of his inventions were ahead of his time. Heck, a few of them were ahead of our time. But some of them, well, let's just say we're standing on the shoulders of giants. And while Mr. Tesla never got to see his legacy, we'd like to think he'd be pretty pleased.
this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. All right, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Is my mic on? Hey, are we okay? I can hear you. I can can hear me. Well, I'll tell you what, this is really weird. Anyway, okay, so it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Uh, this young lady has been a guest on our show many, many, many times. And uh, we, well, what did I say earlier? She's a repeat offender, okay? But she's, uh, she's, a, su- she's a super sweet person. She has her own show, and it's called The Car Coach. She's probably one of the foremost women automotive journalists in the country. I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic, Rotter, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Lauren Fix. Lauren, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. So I, I played that. Tesla commercial just for you, since this is going to be... you know how much I'm a fan. Yeah, it's the official, well, two things, official Tesla bashing night, and then, of course, we got to jump on this new guy, this new CEO for Ford, because that that guy's got to go. Yeah, Hackman, yeah, he's got to go. But, you know, we got to talk about Tesla, because live, as we speak, Tesla just announced their quarterly returns, and they were not good. For their total sales, certainly not what they were claiming they would be. Ah, so give us the skinny. Well, you know, they were saying that they're going to produce all these these vehicles, and, uh, you know, this is going to be the, the future, and, I, and he was sleeping on the floor, the production floor, and trying to make sure that all these vehicles were going to get produced. Well, they didn't even come close to what they thought they were going to produce. And this is going to impact the stock. I mean, everybody else is already freaking out as far as the total numbers. And uh, I'm getting I'm just getting them literally right off the presses as we speak because everyone's been talking about this. There's lots of stuff going on in the auto industry. But the numbers are way off. I'm not going to get deep into the tech because I could do that. And then I think what would happen is your, your viewers will get glassy-eyed. <laughs> but basically, the, from, for those of you that like EVs and the, they were saying the Tesla Model 3 was going to have all these numbers, the total for the month of April was 3,875 with rounding errors, you know, some that didn't make it, some that didn't do well, didn't, you know, didn't get out to customers, 3,820. So what does that really mean? Well, originally, Elon Musk said they were going to put 2,000 a week out for this month. That was his minimum. And he was going to sleep on the production floor until they were done. Well, he didn't come up with that. He came up with 3,800 in a month. Or, so that's quite a bit short. And so all of this is a couple factors. One, they're having production problems. So myself and an insider friend of mine uh, had found something online uh, in, on Indeed.com. You know, where you're looking for jobs, you go and you look. Right. Well, it looks like Tesla is looking for quite a few technicians to repair production problems from the robots that he said were better than humans. And we all know that that's not the case. That's just someone trying to cut corners and avoid getting the UAW in. So, interestingly enough, um, there's a lot of people out there looking to hire 400 repair people. That's a lot. That's to quite take a care of all the. Yeah, well, they're saying, you know, this is not a, an easy job. Basically, you take work that was produced, welded, assembled by a robot, disassembling it, repairing it to meet the specs so it can go to a customer. That's not like a five-minute job for a car, because if it was, it would get produced on the line. So I think there's a lot of headaches coming his way, and we'll see what happens to the stock market in the morning. I, I monitor the stocks, and it's been crazy. So if you're into day trading, uh, buy low, sell high. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lauren, okay, let's let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. Now I have Alan Go sitting with it. me, and Alan is an electronic wizard. Okay, I am not. I'm more paper clips and rubber bands and hammers and hammers. Yeah, that's me. So at any rate, okay. So in from the from a business perspective, let's just say that Tesla. And I have Bob Lutz coming on. And what's interesting is when we were out in Scottsdale, Bob Lutz just did the same thing you just did. just bashed on it and says, you know, you'll be able when, – when, 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 when Tesla goes bankrupt, you'll be able to buy those cars cheap. And there'll be another karma. And you can throw a small block uh, Ford or Chevrolet motor in it. But at any rate, right. let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say that Tesla wasn't so over – I don't know, overzealous, is that the right word for it? But just oh, too confident. He was just too oversure Rose of himself. colored glasses. That's for sure. And yeah. if, if, I think if he had taken a little bit more of a conservative approach, and I tell people this all the time, under-promise, over-deliver. Do not over-promise and under-deliver Always. because you're going to get yourself in a world of doo-doo. So, exactly. So where I'm going with this, I'm not a fan of electric cars, not by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, when Jay Leno gets on the show, you know he's just Joe Electric Car, and Joe's, you know, he. I mean, Jay's kind of, you know, well, he can afford to buy whatever he wants. For the bulk of us, it makes no sense. He can have hundred cars. This Most is, of us don't have hundred cars. This is true, but I mean, he's he talks in in good, you know, he talks in general terms, like okay, and 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 I've always kind of played devil advocate a little bit, or kind of cool about it. But you know, hundred years ago, we had electric motors. Hundred years ago. There was a lot of things that were going on. That cha- we had steam engines too, which Jay's a big fan of steam engines. But it, you know, oh, yeah. you- and he has a baker too. He has- <laughs> yeah. But the a thing, ba- a baker is not not the guy who's making bread. A baker is a car that the was car. built in 1913 and had a bank of batteries and only got about you know 13 miles before it ran out of juice. But that was an early version. And go further back, Carl Benz, his first horseless carriage was electric. Yes, so- it was. But that doesn't mean it was for the masses, because if you live in California, you might be able to find a charging station. That's the big problem, charger anxiety. But if you live in the rest of the country, you don't live on the edges, there's not charging stations everywhere, and it's not free. Well, you tow a generator behind you to keep the car charged up. Exactly. Well, I'm going to carry a gallon of gas. Yeah, but the thing is, is that with the technology we have, if we can send something to the outer space and into orbit and do all the cool things that it does over there, it seems to me that they would figure out a way to sit there and have these vehicles that, if they're electric powered, to no different than we have an alternator that charges a battery, you would have something that would continuously charge. I know Alan's shaking his head. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, a perpetual motion machine. Lauren, fill him in on that. <laughs> no, I was going to say. Regen, there's regen brakes actually. Okay, so that's I'm all you got. Yeah. Right. Well, so what happens is every time you step on the brakes, it creates heat. Right. Heat and friction are energy, and you can capture that energy and kind of help the batteries a little bit. I mean, we're not going to recharge it completely because you, you can't drive with the brakes on the whole time. You just wear out the brake pads. And I should qualify, and I'm sure Alan will back me up on this. And I just had a dispute with one of the outlets I, in quote, was writing for. Uh, this was sort of the, the back-breaking uh, as issue. I told this outlet, and this is a fact, you can back it out, that the brakes and the tires were out quicker on electric vehicles because of the weight of the batteries, the weight of the vehicle, and the fact that you have to stop that forward motion. And this known in the brake business, as well as to the global symposiums of both tires and brakes, that these were out prematurely. And that dispute led to me no longer writing for an outlet that I used to write for. Really? Yeah, but you were uh-huh. being, being perfectly honest, yeah, so that makes truth, good sense. Yeah, the truth hurts. Well, they didn't want to hear it, so I was surprised that a big brand name had a narrative, and uh, 
I'm not going to play that game. I refuse to do it. I will always tell the truth to your listeners, to my followers, and I will never lie, and I'm not going to do it to make them happy. I don't care who they are. Well, you know, that, what, what do they call that? There's a term, cliche called media bias. Is that it? Is that the one? What yeah. They, yeah. Well, yeah, I own the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. but so not all newspapers are bad. There's a lot of really great outlets out there, but there are some that come across saying that they tell the truth, but they don't. And sometimes you wonder if the CEO knows. And, and these are things that you have to be careful of no matter what you're reading, whether it's food or fitness or real estate or anything. What's the real initiative? What's the narrative? So just be aware what the facts are. But I talked about that on my four-minute Friday last week, and I said make sure to put out the facts, and if you don't like what you're reading and you know for a fact it's not true, back it up and fight it. Well, where I'm going with this is like to Jay's point. He said that gasoline is the perfect fuel. There's no substitute for it. But he also said, and I concur with this, it's okay to have alternative sources to uh, propel vehicles, You know, whether it's electric, whether it's steam, whether it's, I don't know. You, hydrogen. Come, hydrogen. Oh, yeah, right. Boom. Hindenburg. But Jay's... PNG? Yeah. Well, that's not Hindenburg anymore. They have fuel cells there. <laughs> 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 Well, anyway, but and I don't have a problem with that. It's just that I guess where I'm taking issues, they're they're trying to make this, they're trying to force it down our throats too fast, and not let it develop over time, you know, and 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 you know, kind of like the 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 internal combustion engine. It's taken a long time, and it's not to say that we weren't able with an internal combustion engine to get mileage and performance. It's funny how it's, we're kind of going back to high compression engines. We're going back to you know, they realized that we need higher compression fuel because they rec- rec- recommend a re- uh, premium fuel, you know, high octane. But the whole thing's kind of screwed up. But the problem is there's so much politics involved in all this stuff that that's what people don't understand. And and then people right. buy advertising, buy the media. They don't do their homework. And then the problem is there's so much stuff that's convoluted on the Internet. You don't know what you're reading. You don't know half the time whether you're reading the right story or not. And then so someone like, someone like you that's being honest – and trying to get the get to the bottom of the story and get it out there so people like myself or Alan or Vaughn or anybody can read it and make it an intelligent decision, you know, or you know, discernment of, or what's the word I'm looking for? Is that the right okay, word? The car for the job. Yeah, the car to get. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And there you go. So you know, and it's it's really frustrating because you know we're always sold this constant bill of goods, just like. You know, nobody really knows the whole story behind, you know, the the bailouts, you know, what's going on there. I mean, is GM still, did they pay off the debt? Are they in debt? You know, and then you've got corporate America, you got Wall Street, you know, it's all about the stockholders. It's all about upper level management. They have no regard for mm-hmm. what's going on at the bottom. They cut corner just like this. And this is where I'm segueing into this new Ford guy here, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to cut. I think that. Hack it, yeah. Hack it, hack it. They might as well hatch it, hack it or whatever. He just hacked it, yeah. Yeah, hack it. Or hey, they had jacked the knife earlier in, in their lifetime, too. Remember Jack Nasser? They called him Jack the Knife. Yeah, yeah. He was coming in just cutting. He cut everything, and he destroyed the company. And it took forever, and it took Mulally to turn the company around. He gifted it to Mark, Mark Field, and they didn't let him do what they wanted. They had to blame someone. They blame Mark. It's yeah. a shame. He's a real car guy. Talk about now. See, I wanted to get Mark on the show, and I met. I had a chance to meet with him briefly and talk to him when we were out in Scottsdale. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Mark? I actually thought he was a good guy. And I thought he was a a real car guy. Did you have a chance He's to ever a meet true him? Car guy. Okay. Yes, I have. I've met him many a times. I knew him back in the Mazda days. He came on as a Mazda guy, worked his way up through the ranks, and he helped turn Mazda around. And so they brought him onto the Ford fold. 
and he started doing really well, and he was part of Mullally's group. So when, when Alan Mullally, who was the CEO, retired, he put Mark in place. Now, Mark is an absolute true, true car guy. He owns a Ford GT, an 05, and a current one. He has a ton of Shelbys. He's an absolute through-and-true car guy and understands how we as consumers buy brands based on what we're passionate about. Then they put this guy Hackett in. Who doesn't have a clue? He's speaking at CES, and he's been, and I don't know where the hell they found this guy, because he doesn't, he must not even own a car, I figure, <laughs> because he's talking about autonomous cars are the way of the future. No one's going to own cars. They're all going to be owned by large car corporations, and we're, no one's going to own cars. No one's going to learn how to drive, and they're all going to be electric, hybrid, and autonomous. And I'm thinking, did you watch too much George Jetson? <laughs> I mean, what is, like, Wow, talk about not having a clue. That is swallowing the Kool-Aid of the California lifestyle. I'm oh. sorry for your listeners out of California, but, you know, the fact is that is not what's going to happen because consumers in the bulk of this country are not about to give up their vehicles because, as I say multiple times, and I said it in a prayer you, people have what they want, they want to drive where they want, however they want, when they want, with whomever they want, and they don't want to be told, you can't go here. The vehicle won't drive today because of the weather or road conditions. Listen, we want freedom. The car is the perfect sign of freedom for the United States. That's what makes them so great. Or as my friend Paul Bryan would say, reason number two why the Al-Qaeda hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a point here, a uh, quick one. Okay, you take autonomous cars, you hit your phone, the car shows up, takes you to work, right? So it's a lessen the traffic load. Well, if you take your own car and drive it to work and put it in the parking lot, right, it sits there. But the autonomous car it goes to pick someone else up. So now it's using more road to get to someone else to pick them up to take them to work. So what would the traffic be like if it was only autonomous cars? But it'd still be the same if, some, if people drove themselves. Right, but they're saying that people are distracted. See, that's the story. The story from the federal government is oh. they're distracted driving. How do we take away the distraction? Put the, phone down. put the phone down. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. What they've got <laughs> answers to that. You know, you can use AirPods. You can hook up your Bluetooth. You can use an earpiece. There's lots of things you can do. But you're still occupied. And, well, you got to keep your eyes on the road. The nice thing is you can use your mouth, and you can say, you know, there's gesture control in BMWs. Ford has, uh, it'll say, you have a text message. Do you want me to read it to you? And you can say, yes, and it'll read it to you. Do you want to reply? Apple CarPlay. It works. But it, I don't know, but if I'm if I'm driving down the road holding my phone or talking through the radio speaker, and my lawyer says my wife's getting half of my stuff, I'm preoccupied. <laughs> Pull over to the side of the road and cry. And scream. Yeah. Yeah. Cry. Okay. When it's a heated conversation, and I I think the best conversations happen in cars, and you don't want to take that away. My kids are 24 and 26. They live on opposing ends of the country. They're true car enthusiasts. They will not drive anything but manual. And I remember the best conversations we had when they were little was in the car, going to school, going to soccer, going to karate, going to a race, whatever it was. And you get a chance to talk to people. And you can still have a conversation with your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. That's what we did when we were kids, too. But the difference is you can't let things, you have to have some self-control. And letting the government control your car and everything about it is a very scary scenario for me. And I know that sounds like I'm reaching, but think about it. You don't drive the car. You get in your vehicle and it says, oh, Robert, 
you didn't pay your taxes. We'll be driving you over to the local IRS station and <laughs> writing a check. What? Too bad. You know what I'm saying? So think about the fact that if you say I want to go to work, that's great. But if they're looking for you, they're going to get you. So, you know, I mean, I don't mind Uber, Lyft, and, or a cab. That's fine. There are times when that makes sense. But if you look at California as a whole, they want to, they're now eliminating all of their passes they're giving all these hybrid cars for driving in the carpooling, which is 99% of the reason people bought those vehicles because they got the $7,500 tax credit, they got the state credit, and they got the carpool sticker. Awesome, I'm in. Well, they're taking that away from them starting today, May 1st. So really? what happened? Yes. So they're trying to get people to use mass transit, but people don't like the mass transit because that the, the word is it's the last mile. In other words, when you get to the bus stop, wherever you get off that mass transit, you still have to walk that last mile. And in China, they're lining it up with an Uber or some sort of, it's called DD there. DD would take you to your final last mile. Then that's just another thing. You might as well have your own vehicle at that point. It's different in China. They have a completely different scenario. They're building nuclear power plants in order to meet their energy needs. Here, we're taking them down, which makes no sense, because you're not going to make up the difference in solar and in, in wind. It's not going to happen. So I think we're asking for a lot of issues, and I think there is a multitude of answers to the problem. Uh, diesel happens to be one of them as well. And don't put your nose up the diesel, because if you look at the real numbers, you're talking about a 68% growth in the diesel category for 2018 and 2019. And the reason for that is half-ton trucks, Hyundai, Kia, Mazda are all coming, and GM are all going to be offering cars that are diesel. Interesting. I guess you could put a thought on that. Geez, they certainly shot Volkswagen down, although they shot themselves in the foot. But all the German brands aren't carrying diesel anymore, but everybody else is. Gunshot. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I know you're kind of a fan of diesels. I have diesel trucks yep. myself, yep, me and, too. and 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 I always used to get irritated because you know diesel and it's just gone up. It's two, it's three dollars a gallon down here. Diesel has the highest percentage of taxes on it, road tax and everything like that. And the reason they do that, right. it's cheapest to make because it's basically, and don't take this the wrong way, I always jokingly say that diesel is gasoline after birth. But you know, it's at the bottom of the crack, you know, when they right. when they, when they they bust it loose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's really, it's one notch above tar. And uh, But the problem is, is, because it's so cheap, they figure, well, we'll just load it on it. Well, who pays for that? We do, because the truckers use right. diesel, the, the big... Uh, um, trains use diesel to power the generators and stuff like that. So yep. no, they they it's, it's it's the politics, it's the taxes, it's all the nonsense. It's just like they just figure out a way to 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 politics. Yeah, to 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 kill us. You know, we you come with something because a diesel engine is very efficient. I mean, obviously they've been racing it now since for ten years now, and they've been very successful in Europe with it. Audi and Volkswagen and uh, Porsche. Quiet, yeah, have proved that. You know, so we know that works. Uh-huh. And, and I've got two two Cayennes, two Porsche Cayenne diesels. Love them. You do. And I don't want to get rid of them. Yes, I do. I have I've a cus- 2013 and a 2016. Do you have a white one by any chance? I have a customer looking for an all white one. I do have an all white one. Do you really? With a red interior. Do you want to sell I have it? A blue one with a gray interior. Oh. I can sell the blue one. The gray one's got another year left on the lease. Oh. Okay. But if you want to buy out the lease, hey, we can talk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Robert will give you my number, but um. I do want to just say something sure. that listeners can understand. When you take crude oil and you, you know, stuff that comes out of the ground and you break it down five times, that's diesel. If you break it down seven times, it's called heptane. 
that's what gasoline is. So it's more refining required to produce gasoline than it is to produce diesel. Okay. So why is the and you know in the old days when we when I first started running diesel it was fifty cents let's say versus it was half of what gasoline was, okay. It should be. And it should be right, rightfully so. In fact, that's why it's so popular in Europe. And there's because, no ethanol either. No. And uh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, another thing too with the diesel, India and China use more of it, so it raises the price anyway. Well, that's true. But yeah. they ship most of it out of the country. It's cheaper to produce. They produce the, what we need, they put some in the reserves, and then they ship a chunk of it off to Europe because Europe uses more diesel than we do. And they tax the heck out of it, which means when you go to buy food at the grocery store, how does the food get to that last mile from trucks. the trains, right? Trucks. By truck. Mm-hmm. And those trucks are run by diesel. And, and don't think tax. electric is the answer because as soon as you put weight on it, there's no you're going to eat up the battery part. The battery would be as big as the truck. It would make no sense in order to get the same amount of for mileage out of it. Well, it's all right, you know, and then which brings another question. I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but it's kind of like you know we talked about autonomous, we talked about diesel, we talked about Tesla. It's like, and and then the other thing is the cars are just getting, in my opinion, far too too sophisticated. When you look at, let's just talk about your Porsche Cayenne, or let's just talk about your basic Ford. Some of these cars have between twenty and forty some odd computers in them, and a bank of computers. Oh, more than that, you're you're up over uh, in processors. You're over two hundred per car. My head hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to be the tech. And no one's a mechanic anymore, by the way. These guys are computer engineers. And so there's a shortage of computer guys who know what the heck they're doing. If you're looking for a job, work in the auto industry. There's a shortage, and they will pay you a premium, especially if you're a diesel tech. Well, okay. Now, is there, do you, from your perspective, you being kind of old school and new school, okay? So mm-hmm. having said that, you know, us old schoolers, and I'll use myself and Alan, we like to wrench on cars. I can wrench on my car. I can't plug the computer and stuff in it. But yet, in terms of the longevity of these cars and the future of the cars, you know, you're talking, like you said, parts replacement. Now, I do diminished values, and I do pre-purchase inspections and total losses, and I, I figure that kind of stuff out all the time. So when I get these cars that have $5,000 worth of damage, let's just say body work, you know, a light hit, but he's got another mm-hmm. six or $7,000 worth of, worth of electronic damage to the vehicle, which yeah. automatically totals out the car. So where I'm going with this is, wait a minute, we're getting too sophisticated here. The cars are getting trashed. There's, there's, right. they're, they're not recyclable like they used to be, and they're becoming more disposable. But yet, at the same time, the cost of the cars, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, you know, sixty, hundred thousand plus. But let's just say your average Econo box is twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars. That's a that's a five hundred dollar a month payment for some people, you know. Oh yeah. If it's four Bring years, your credit and everything. yeah. And so where I'm going with this is is where they're they're basically pricing cars out of the market. Because of all the technology that's being incorporated into it, and is it really necessary? Well, that's why people are keeping their cars 12 years on average. It was 10, and now as cars get more expensive, and part of that is taxes, part of that is the cost of these electronics, and part of that is all these EPA regulations that Scott Pruitt's trying to reverse when you go, oh, how much more could a car cost? Well, everything is based off of California, and so every car costs between three and $4,000 more than it should because of all these carbon credits and all this EPA regulation and all these fines and penalties, you're paying the price. The manufacturer's paying it, but you're paying them in order to pay it. That's why cars are so expensive. Uh, another thing is, to, to your point, we have a 2012 Ford Focus. That's what my son drives around in, okay? If you look underneath the hood, under the hood it says, this car is not California 
certified. In other words, so that so California has to have special cars built just for them by the major manufacturers. And three other states too, by the way. Three other states? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's crazy. There's, there's more states on board with that uh, this crazy EPA regulation. Connecticut, New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York. Uh, I'm missing a couple in there. I'm sure it's Delaware and Rhode Island because they're they kind of follow suit with that. But the fact is, what's going to end up happening is that California has just announced actually about an hour ago that they're going to sue the federal government because they don't want them to remove the emission standards because they California wants to state what the emissions are going to be for the rest of the 50 states. Well, the 49 other states are saying, well, hold up. I'm in Kansas. We don't have a problem. I'm in Alabama. We're in Florida. We don't have these issues. So why should we be paying the extra three to $4,000? Now, the previous administration was pushing hard the other direction. Now we're pushing to lower the price for consumers so that they can purchase new, safer cars that have all this technology and so forth. And, but the fact is, if they, what they should do is make the window sticker called the Monroney one yeah. grand higher for every car sold in California. Everybody else, we get the tax break. Yeah, we, we don't have to break. subsidize, why? yeah. Wow. Exactly. We don't have to subsidize California. Why should we? Lauren, we are up against the clock here again. We got a minute left, but uh, is there something you want to say a closing a closing uh, line? Or Alan, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah I got a closing line. What's that? They want to make the Ford Focus in China, right? <laughs> well, do we have yeah. to pay a tariff to buy an American car here? For- <laughs> well, we don't know that yet. That's all up in the air till June first. They moved the tariff uh, to June first now. Uh, before that, it was supposed to beforehand. I think the idea is to put pressure on California, or, or I'm sorry, on China. So that they say, listen, you're charging us to bring vehicles in at 25%, and we're going to charge you the same. Isn't that a wash? Yeah. That's the whole goal. Is The goal is to say, all right, China drops theirs, we drop ours, everything's good. But that's the only way it's going to happen. So Trump knows what he's doing. Always ask for more than you wish to receive. There you go. <laughs> you know? Well, Lauren, okay. I want to thank you very much for coming on. Alan, thanks yeah, for hanging see you, out. Lauren. And, uh, nice to meet you, Alan. You too. Alan, I mean, uh, Lauren, we'll take care. We'll see you at some, some car show somewhere, probably Monterey. But anyway, oh, hey. Sure. Okay. I want to thank my special guest uh, this evening, Lauren Fix, the car coach. Check her out. And, and not to mention Alan. And Alan, yeah. Don't forget Alan. And uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Oh, yeah. And a big shout-out to my guys at Midway Shoe Repair to fix my shoes today for me. Don't forget to give them a call. Say hi to Jacob. Oh, what does he say? The sign says, we'll heal you. We'll fix your soul. We'll even die for Don't you. Don't be healed to your shoe. Don't be healed to your feet. Have your shoes fixed. There you go. God, Give him a call. 581 <laughs> That was off the cuff. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> hey, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. You can find out all about us. Don't forget to tell your friends every Tuesday night here on the Tad Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. Tell your friends. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that other good stuff. And we'll see you at some of the car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.